The past, as a concept, is an impersonal thing, like a government agency no one you've ever known has visited. But this week on Inventing Pittsburgh, the region's industrial past is inherently personal. There's whistles going all the time, steam hissing, railroad engines going all the time, moving ladles, moving cars, a lot of noise, a lot of noise, a lot of dirt. Bill Sharkey worked as a foreman at Cary Furnace in Braddock and still remembers the sound. Its seven blast furnaces raged and hissed and made the iron needed to make steel. It was one of the mills lining the riverbanks in the Mon Valley, which at its height accounted for more than 60% of national steel production. Pittsburgh was the Silicon Valley of the world for iron and steel manufacturing. Cary is unique. It escaped demolition, unlike the Homestead Works or JNL Steel, but isn't an active mill. And yes, Pittsburgh still makes steel at places like the Edgar Thompson and Irvin plants. Ron Bariff is director of museum collections at Rivers of Steel, the organization that manages the site. He says it's important to have the physical space. Not everybody realizes that they'll love a place like this. But they do, he says, taken in by the furnaces looming 92 feet over their heads or the 80 acres of land around them. Sharkey says Cary is about who we once were when the region's economy and culture revolved around places like these. This is Pittsburgh. This is Pittsburgh at its best and Pittsburgh at its worst. The steel industry started to decline in the 1960s. It was possible to make a decent living through the 1970s and 80s, but Sharkey says it was a turbulent means of doing so. The old timers used to say it was uh, always soup bones and noodles, you know, and you're lucky to get the soup bones sometimes, you know. It was, it was tough keeping families together when, uh, when uh, there's no income coming in, nobody's working and that stuff, you know, through uh, downturns or strikes and stuff like that. It was, it was a hard place to live, you know. On top of that, working on furnaces built just before the turn of the 20th century, loaded with hundreds of tons of combusting material, required a certain combination of skill and grit. It was like working on a time bomb. It could explode on you any time. You try to just, you know, keep it all together and make the most iron you could. Jim Capusta started working at Cary right out of high school in 1964. He says he doesn't remember being intimidated by Cary, but that it did take some getting used to. If you weren't meant to work in a furnace, you learned real quick. The sulfur smell sometimes when I first started was so bad. I used to lean over the rail and gag and puke and everything else just to try to get it out of my system. For all its challenges, Sharkey says the furnace men reveled in their work. It's like being the gunslinger in town, you know. You know, you try to control everything to keep yourself out of trouble. But when things went south on you, you wanted to find out how good you were, if you could control it. Carrie is tucked away on the river, bounded by rail lines and largely invisible from the road. But in the course of its history, thousands of men, and towards the end women, stood where Capusta and Sharkey stand, under the number six furnace, looking out towards Rankin's Hills. I used to wonder why the old timers always were staring out there at the hillside. They were looking at their past, you know, their youth had gone just watching the hillside. In 1982, 30,000 people in the Mon Valley lost their jobs, leaving just a few thousand workers. Cary stands as a reminder of what happens when entire communities, people like Sharkey and Capusta, lose their futures, and then have to figure out how to remake them. For 90.5 WESA Celebrates Inventing Pittsburgh, I'm Margaret J. Krause. UPMC is proud to support 90.5 WESA Celebrates Inventing Pittsburgh. UPMC, life-changing medicine.